Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I seem to be standing in a bus queue by the side of a long, mean street. Evening was just closing in and it was raining, but for the little crowd at the bus stop, the whole town seemed to be empty. I think that was why I attached myself to the queue. Many of us have spent some time with this unnamed narrator at the bus stop in Greytown, which begins C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. He doesn't really know where the bus is going or why he's there, but there's a bus stop and everyone else seems to be there. So he finds himself in the line and waits. The bus appears and the passengers who did not get frustrated and give up on waiting altogether fight like hens to get on the bus, even though there are plenty of seats. After a long and sometimes violent bus ride, the bus is filled with light Harsh, bright, stinging light, and the bus's doors open on a place that is so real, it is painful. It is only then the narrator realizes that he and his companions are transparent, mere shadows of themselves. Most of them choose to stumble off the bus into a world that is too real and too bright. The kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet a king throws for his son. The king sends out messengers far and wide to invite the usual crowd, subjects who live in his kingdom. The first round of invitees all say no, an insulting gesture to the king. But the king is gracious and sends his messengers around again. He gives his subjects the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps they thought gifts were required. Perhaps they thought there would be a cover charge. Or perhaps they missed that the party was tonight. So his messengers go around again, announcing that the feast is ready. The invited must only accept the invitation to join what promises to be a fabulous party. Free food, free-flowing wine, dancing and rejoicing. But all of the invited, again, disrespect the king. Some of the invited went back to work, while the others added injury to insult by killing the messengers. The king accepts their final answer, sends in his troops, kills the murderers, and burns their town to the ground. It's good to be king. But then, the king, in his generosity, in his abundance, says to his messengers to invite not just those of proper social standing, but instead to invite everyone, not just the elite, the nobles, or the merchants, but to go into the main streets and invite everyone they find. And the messengers do. They invite all those they found good and bad. If this had been 2,000 years later, perhaps they would have just put out a bus stop to see who got on the bus. The parable today is one of good news. The kingdom of God is a party. And everyone is invited. While the king started off only inviting a select few, the guest list expanded to all. While the Jews may have been God's chosen people at the beginning, part of Jesus' mission on earth was to open up the good news to all who could hear. 
Jesus went among Gentiles and Samaritans. And Paul later continued that expansion of the kingdom. There is no elect. All are invited, good and bad. This parable is good news. But there is also a warning attached. When the king arrives at the party, he is delighted to see it is jam-packed with guests. Until he runs across one man who is not in his wedding robe. A fancy party demands fancy clothes. And when called to account for his absence of fancy clothes, the man cannot explain. The king has him bound hand and foot and thrown into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Suddenly, our good news has turned into confusing or scary news. Like our recurring anxiety nightmares, it is the worst case of showing up to high school math class in our underwear. And certainly, no one wants to go to the land of weeping and gnashing of teeth. How do we make sure we're addressed appropriately for heaven? Is this dress business casual or formal? Black tie? Luckily, we don't have to choose. Back in Jesus' day, a party this big would not have come only with an invitation, but also with a robe. The host, the king, would have provided a robe for every single person invited. So this man is not kicked out of the party because he is poor and can't afford clothes. Rather, the man who the king found unacceptably dressed at the banquet may have gotten on the bus, but he was not ready for the occasion. He was not ready to put on Christ. And the king made it clear that one cannot simply show up to the feast as he or she is. Rather, we must all go through a costume change before we get there. We must all be transformed. C.S. Lewis has a different way of describing it. Many of the shades who arrive at the foothills of heaven find themselves in pain from the brightness and realness of the land. They flee back to the bus. But those who proceed forward toward the mountains, even when the grass cuts their feet and the light hurts their eyes, are transformed into something bright and real. But some of those who want to continue have severe and even painful work to do. I saw coming towards us a ghost who carried something on his shoulder, What sat on his shoulder was a little red lizard, and it was twitching its tail like a whip and whispering things in his ear. As we caught sight of him, he turned his head to the reptile with a snarl of impatience. Shut up, I tell you, he said. It wagged its tail and continued to whisper to him. He ceased snarling and presently began to smile. Then he turned and started to limp westward, away from the mountains. Off so soon, said a voice. Yes, I'm off, said the ghost. Thanks for all your hospitality, but it's no good, you see. I told this little chap, here he indicated the lizard, that he'd have to be quiet if he came, which he insisted on doing. Of course his stuff won't do here, I realize that. But he won't stop. I shall just have to go home. Would you like me to make him quiet? said the flaming spirit, an angel, as now I understood. Of course I would, said the ghost. Then I will kill him, said the angel, taking a step forward. 
Don't you want him killed? You didn't say anything about killing him at first. I hardly meant to bother you with anything so drastic as that. It's the only way, said the angel. In order to enter the mountains of heaven, this shade must be disconnected from the lizard that represents his uncontrollable lust on the earth. In order to enter the mountains of heaven, so too must we be stripped of the evils we carry on this earth. We must take off our day clothes and put on our party clothes, the party clothes of Christ. We must be stripped of our lust, envy, greed, sloth, gluttony, anger, and pride. We must instead put on the clothing of chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, and humility. And while we may strive to do so in this mortal life, we cannot make this costume change without divine help. This process of dying to ourselves in order to be reborn, this process of turning away from our humanity in order to be made holy, this process is one we call sanctification. It starts happening the second we accept the invitation of God to join his kingdom. It's not as easy as just RSVPing maybe on God's Facebook invite. Rather, we make true, actionable steps towards joining the party. In the church, it happens during the ritual of baptism. Baptism is entry into the church. It is the acceptance of God's invitation. It is dying to one life in order to be born to another. It is changing into your party clothes. And like all the ladies here can tell you, there are just some outfits you can't change into yourself. But the Holy Spirit is happy to get that zipper we just can't reach, to button those buttons we just can't seem to get, to help us change into our party clothes over the course of our lives until finally the party begins. Our God is gracious, so the party is open to all. And there may even be a bus ready to take us all there. But while all are invited, we cannot just show up as we are without changing a thing. We have to accept the invitation to the party. And we've got to put on our party outfits and our dancing shoes for when we go. And sometimes slipping into those spanks or putting on those stiletto heels can at first feel painful. But proper attire is required at the banquet of God. So put on Christ. Put on chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, and humility. Allow the Holy Spirit to get those zippers you just can't quite reach. And come, join the party. Amen.